Hey everyone, Josh here. Quick question for you. Do you like coffee? Even more important question, do you like fresh coffee? Coffee that's roasted to order and doesn't taste like the bottom of your kitchen oven. If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you need to head over to McQuanoCoffee.com and get yourself some of the best coffee there is to get. Whether you like the light roast or the dark roast or you're feeling a little whimsical and you want to get that sample pack, McQuano Coffee Roasters has everything you need. And just when you thought this couldn't get any sweeter, make sure to use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. Do yourself a favor and stop drinking bad coffee because you know what? Life's too short for that. Head on over to McQuanoCoffee.com and use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. You will not regret it. Thanks, and now on to the show. What do you got for me? What's wrong with you people? I got nothing for you. What's wrong with you? What's going on, everyone, and welcome to The Reformatory, the podcast for the local church and by the local church, and we are your local churchmen. My name is Josh, and I am here, as always, with the faithful, the illustrious, the inevitable, Captain Jack. Am I am I Joe Thanos now? <laughs> Joe, Joe Thanos? <laughs> Joe, Joe Thanos Thorne? That's right. That's right. Jack, it is good to see you, my man. Uh, how are you? It's it's uh, your. What's the hat today? Is this is this this is is this is this baseball? Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. I just wanted to make sure. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Good to yeah. know. Good to know. Jack, it is. Uh, it's good to see you. Last time mm-hmm. I saw you, we were uh, in complete disarray of ourselves with the amount of Italian food that we. Had oh yeah. Enjoyed. Very much so. Yes. Um, we were able to get together for your birthday, and that was a really good time. That was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, dude, that, and, okay, so I have to ask you, and I want an honest answer. All right. <laughs> okay. I want you to be honest with me. I want you to be honest with our listeners because uh-huh. we're honest with our listeners. All right. Yes. For a few weeks up, you know, working up to your birthday, mm-hmm. I had been hyping. This Italian restaurant, I I will say quite quite viciously, if oh, I yeah. can use that that term, right? Yes. Would you say that upon now having experienced it for yourself, did it live? A, and might I add, having also the experience of being fresh off a trip to Rome itself, in yeah. which you engaged. In some amazing Italian food uh, frivolity, would you say that this restaurant lived up to the hype that I gave it? Okay, so I will say there's a couple elements to the restaurant that a really, couple elements that okay. lended itself well to it. First yeah. of all, the ambiance, yes, where you had candlelight stuff like that going, that really lended itself can't well. Be, can't be beat. And you had the accordion playing in the background. That was like the one-two punch, yes. I feel like. Kind of set the mood. 
Um, yeah, and then you did have all the accoutrements, if you will, of Italian fare. Yeah, man. Uh, that were pretty much spot on. So I would say that yeah, it was, it was, it was firing on all cylinders. It was good. The steak um, that you got, dude. Yeah, it was pretty coconuts. It was. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was on. <laughs> It was on par to what I ate back in Rome, which back in Rome, that steak was really good too. So, which is something to say. Which is something to say. So, it, like, look, no, no free shout outs, but we're going to give a free shout out because, yeah, Nona Luisa's in Anacortes, mm-hmm. Washington. If you have the opportunity, listeners, to go to Anacortes, Washington, and you want some of the best Italian food that you've ever had. Go to Nona Luisa's right on Main Street, Anacortes. It is completely bonkers. My wife and I are going back there for our our uh, wedding anniversary coming up yeah. here in a few weeks. We're going to uh, be enjoying that place again. So, Jack, happy belated birthday to you. Mm-hmm. I was very happy to be able to spend <laughs> it with you. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was yeah. great. It was a good time. Really good time. Jack, before we hop into our topic today, the mm-hmm. topic that is going to get us in all sorts oh, of trouble, I am sure, as always, give us the reformatory cigar of the week, my friend. What do you got for us? All right. So this week's uh, cigar of the week uh, is definitely on the on the cheaper end of the scale. This is like budget stick because we this- we are a podcast for the people. Okay, I will say it's budget, but it doesn't lose a its flavor or its notoriety. There you go. So, um, this cigar some some of you may have smoked this brand, and some of you have not. I feel like a lot of people underrate this cigar by a lot, and this brand. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is called Crown Heads. Oh yeah, which is mostly a it's a Nashville East Coast kind of brand. I feel like on the West Coast, a lot of people don't get it just because of the suppliers and all that distribution rights, whatever you have you there. But anyway, it's called the Crown Heads Juarez OBS. Um, these guys are like really quick smoking cigars. This is like a four, a four and a three fourths by fifty two. Um, so it is okay, like so. So it's like a lunch break cigar, basically. Yeah, it's basically yeah. what I talked about last week. Um, only this has the burn rate. It's not as, it's not as quick. It's a little bit slow going burn rate. Okay. Um, so this is a cigar. Um, I think, I think this is an offshoot of, uh, a line that John Huber, the, the creator and the owner of crown heads did in which he basically had this cigar called Jericho Hill, which was a riff off of the Johnny cash song. Um, and this was like a, a kind of sub genre to that in which the Juarez was like talking about, you know, Johnny Cash being thrown in, in jail down in Mexico and Juarez. Um, so a lot of these are like very Johnny Cash associated or like near Johnny Cash. he's, He's probably a fan. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In any case, um, so this is, I mean, like I said, this is a shorter kind of lunch break cigar. Doesn't lose its flavor. Tasting notes are going to be very earthy and cocoa-y. Uh, you're going to have some pepper, some nuts, some woods, some fruit. If I remember correctly, I'm trying to remember, but I think this is Nicaraguan and San Andreas. 
as far as the blending goes. Okay. So I know, f- I think for sh- I'm not, I'm not 100% positive, but I'm pretty sure the binder is Nicaraguan, and then, no, the filler is Nicaraguan, the binder is uh, Mexican San Andreas, if I'm not okay. mistaken on that. And um, that's the and, one right there, right? Yep. Yes, it is. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's what it looks like for those on video. The Juarez. Worth it has getting. a bowl on it. has big old Juarez. Price right. on it. Price on it. What you got? Of what I've seen, per cigar, mm-hmm. five ninety six. Dude, that might be the cheapest one that we've done yet. Five ninety six. Five ninety six. That's a good budget. That's a good find there, Captain. I like. Yeah, that. you can get them in bundles, and usually what people do is get them in these huge bundle packs. Yeah, and you actually save more per how many fifty there it to one hundred that you get. I like it, Jack. Right on. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here. Possibly for the first time is the Crown Heads Juarez cigar. Get it for your lunch. Get it for a little, you know, a little smoke break at work. But however and wherever you get it, make sure that when you smoke it, you do so for the glory of God. All right, Jack. How do we want to approach this? So here's the thing, okay? Uh, a lot has a lot has transpired in yes. the in the reformed reformed and in I the use Twitter reformed, sphere. Yes, in the Twitter sphere, I use reformed very loosely, right? Yeah. As a lot of people seem to these days. Uh, but a lot has transpired within the reformed community, if you will, as of late. Um, some. You know, just regular Twitter shenanigans, right? And then some things kind of being uh, being said from a very, very popular uh, conference mm-hmm. that happens mm-hmm. every year down <laughs> in uh, uh, California, um, mm-hmm. uh, only for sheep herders, right? <laughs> we'll let you fill. We'll let you all fill in. <laughs> fill in the fill in the gaps there. Um, so, I think it's look. I think it's it's important to say that some of the comments that were made, particularly if you if you don't know what we're talking about, one of the main comments that was made was by a speaker at this conference named Steve Lawson, who mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of people know, right? And there was a lot of 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 praise, a lot of. Um, um, goodwill, if you will, toward uh, John MacArthur, right? Because I yeah. think it's—I don't know if it's an anniversary or why it was such a big deal this year, or if it was like—I don't know what it was or, or why it why it happened. But there was just there seemed to be a lot a lot of focus on Johnny Mac, right? I think it was and, because too he may. I mean, the the factor of the matter is he fell, and oh, of, did he? Of yeah, he fell and he broke his wrist. Oof. Ouch. And so I'm thinking that a lot of people were thinking since he wasn't going to be there, hey, you know, let's give him some love, which isn't a bad thing. No, but- no, 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 no. <laughs> and and, and here, here, here's the thing. I want to preface all of this by saying this, and this is coming from me. I, I'm actually, I'm not, I haven't really talked to Jack about just kind of his, his journey through there. But so, so this, this, this caveat is coming from Josh, right? I grew up on John MacArthur. Mm-hmm. I grew up on 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 his sermons, on his books, uh, his uh, teaching series, 
uh, Grace to You was on in the house uh, all the time. John MacArthur is still more than likely, I believe, is my my parents' favorite preacher, right? So I, I grew up saturated with John MacArthur. And there is a lot, a lot about John MacArthur and his ministry that I have been very thankful for in my own life, right? I learned a lot about Calvinism, right, from John MacArthur. I learned a lot about uh, a scripture and how high to hold it from John MacArthur. Now, since coming into the theological convictions that I'm in now, uh, John MacArthur and I deviate in a lot of spots theologically, sure. <laughs> right? And 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 I will say uh, I'm not I am not so much of a quote unquote fan uh, these days. One just because of, you know there's a lot theologically that we disagree on, and some of the you know decisions and ways that he's chosen to deal with some things and some things that he said I I, I find I find problematic, and I take I take some exception to him. However, all that being said, like it's important to know I'm not one to bash John MacArthur because yeah. one I just don't think it's Christian. Mm-hmm. Uh, and two, like I mean I <laughs> there's it's like it's like it's like bashing an old uncle. <laughs> it's like I'm very familiar with the dude, right? <laughs> however, all right, however, I think that there is a subset of believers who take the love that they have for MacArthur and the ministry that the Lord has used him to, you know, accomplish in his lifetime, mm-hmm. they take it really far. And I will say they will take it to points that I am very uncomfortable with. Yeah. Um, I would definitely be uncomfortable with going myself. And I stand back and I wince and I cringe at how uncomfortable it makes me to observe. Right? So... All that to say, Steve Lawson gets up there and he makes the statement that, and I'm going to not do his accent, all right? (laughs) He makes the statement that 5% of John MacArthur is worth more than 95% of evangelicalism put together. Uh Okay? So, that's the statement, right? And things exploded. (laughs) people went nuts <laughs> it was there was also if what i understood i was hearing from some other podcasts that were talking about this and they yeah. were like it was kind of like this almost like hesitancy in the crowd too and i could kind of sense it too of like yeah do we clap yeah that? it was a very it was a very half-hearted <laughs> clap because yeah. i think some people I think it's and 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 this is part of my problem. Okay, this is a point that I'm going to make, and I'm going to use the clap to use it as an example. Yeah, those kind of statements and and hero worship in general, which I do think a lot of cases, uh, especially when it comes to John MacArthur, for some reason, it transgresses into the realm of hero worship. Mm-hmm. The hesitancy that that clap had and then the resounding like oh no yeah no we should all clap is what i'm frustrated at because i am convinced that the vast majority of people when they see it and maybe even when they do it they know this is this is cringy man this is it's it's not only cringy but it's just it feels weird yeah and it feels gross 
mm-hmm. with how much we mm-hmm. are venerating this man, right? Yeah. But then, because a chorus of 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 everyone else is clapping, uh, well, you know, let's all let's all join in and clap anyway, right? To make it not <laughs> awkward, right? And and here's the thing: look, I it is, I think we we see in the scripture examples of, you know. Paul giving his fellow workers honor, right, and 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 calling yeah. out, you know, these men are worthy of honor, right? These like they have been used by God, and that's a good thing to observe and be thankful for, right? Yeah. But Jack, I don't know if you're with me in this, man. <laughs> I think a lot. I think we as reform folk, as much as we, as much as we will rail on the celebrity pastors, mm-hmm. right? And the TBN guys on TV, as much as we love to rail on Driscoll and Furtick and Rick Warren and all these guys that have basically like set themselves up as self-made celebrities that just people flock to them, right? On one hand, we will disdain that with with just with complete and utter zeal. Yeah. But I, I believe that we are guilty of turning around and doing the exact same thing to people in our own camp, but we justify it because they're theologically sound. Or they at least agree with our theological mindset. That's, yeah. my, that's, that's the premise of where <laughs> I'm at. And I think with the way that you see people defending what Lawson said... Right. Uh, and the way that 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 a lot of individuals will treat MacArthur as if he can literally do no wrong, that the man is has been sanctified to the point of no, no longer sinning, which by the way, a lot of people defend him. It's it's Ooh. it's very it's very obvious that that there is there's a quite a bias there and and I think it I think it can be dangerous even though it might start from somewhere good and healthy yeah I think this is this is too like we all want our kings we all want our popes oh, yeah we all want those That's people to, to rally around and I get that because yeah. that is our human nature to rally around a central figure of whatever tribe that we call um, to be like this Moses figure. This papal figure, so to say, to try and render edicts onto us. Um, I mean, people probably. I mean, in the in early reformdom, I mean, you could see this in a sense from how people looked at Martin Luther, how probably people looked at um, Oryx Zwingli, how people looked at John Calvin, um, on and on. Probably sure. the 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 difficulty. <laughs> is holding intention the fact that this person who has probably done a lot of good things uh, and has a very pretty good you know witness to the truths of scripture and the doctrines that we hold to uh, from the Bible is also flawed it also he also has not made you know a hundred percent good moves and good um (laughs) explanations of things as well too um and so you have to hold that intention and i think some people who who hold a certain person a certain teacher anybody with a certain amount of zeal like we have to go back to 
are we being are we starting to creep into the hypocritical just as we rail on the prosperity gospel people yeah so what i'm talking about is the prosperity gospel people will say well you can't touch god's anointed right <laughs> yeah exactly. you know yeah 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 so yeah. don't even try that are we saying the same thing with certain other leaders that we may um, hold up in high regards and have had significant amount of impact on our spiritual walks. Yeah. yeah it's well, something I, to take kind of, yeah, it's something to take inventory over. Yeah, no, I think, I think, I think you're hundred percent correct. And I think I, where I start to grow concerned is where, you see the level of defense given to an individual, even when they're wrong, right? Yeah. So John MacArthur has said wrong things, and he has said things <laughs> in an in a wrong way. Yeah. Like he's he, he's a man, of course, of course he has, right? Yeah. When <laughs> when I start to grow concerned, is when the followers of said person aren't even. They will, the first response is to justify why what was said is either right or why it was okay to say it in the way that he said it. Right? Sure. I see that a lot with certain individuals in the Reformed camp where they, they truly do, they truly do get a pass mm-hmm. on so many things, not only theologically or factually incorrect things, but how they say those things, whether, you know, you have somebody on Twitter, I'm not going to name names, but you have somebody on Twitter who's just a bully, right? Who just says, who literally, it looks like, like you know, they, they, they open the app and they choose violence 100% of the time, right? Yeah. <laughs> but the, the, the followers of these people that, that do this are so quick to justify why it's okay yeah and why you know why it's fine for this person to say what they say and to say what they say how they say it right and that's when i really start to become concerned is when i see a lot of that justifying a lot of that justification happen with these individuals it starts to make me question okay are you actually following this person with discernment and utilizing discernment that is comes from the word of God, or are you just following the person because it's popular to do so? Right. Or they stand for, you know, this very, this, this theological concept or this political concept or whatever it is that, that you hold on to very tightly. So they basically can do no wrong. Like as long as this person holds this ideal, you know, they can, you know, say whatever they want to say, and I'm still going to, you know, I'm still going to be their guy, right? Yeah. And let's be honest. And look, I'm not I'm not coming at this as someone who, like, thinks that they have this all figured out or that I've got it in my back pocket. We all do this. We all have yeah. our favorite people, right? But we see so much on social media, so many of these individuals getting a pass sure. for things that they say or saying things in certain ways. And it's saddening to me because what that tells me is that the the level of dedication that these people have for these these figures has crossed a line from appreciation and thankfulness into a type of hero worship. 
when you start to lose discernment and you start losing the ability to be objective and to actually be like, you know, like this guy's solid on a lot of things, but that was off base. That was that was way off. And that was actually really wrong. And, you know, that that that's that's not right. If you lose the ability to do that. Sure. I would highly suggest taking taking inventory and doing a little evaluation on how how far could this person go to where you'd pump the brakes. Right? Like how far is this person how 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 deep does this person's influence have on you? You know what yeah. I'm saying? Because yeah. like when I see stuff like that, I I start to grow concerned. Because it's like, man, like this like that person said this and it was just wrong. It was just flat out one factually wrong. And they said it kind of a jerk. And mm-hmm. you gave him, you gave him amen and praise hands in the comments, you know, and I'm starting to wonder like, where's, <laughs> where's, where's the discernment here? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I think, t- I mean, it's, yeah. How far are you willing to go to back that person that has had so much influence on your life? Are you willing to double down when they double down? Are you willing to triple down when they triple down? Just sure. It, it, it could go it could go tit for tat back and forth. Um, versus, uh, yeah, I, I don't agree with what they said. Like, you can just stop it at that. You'd be like, hey, I have appreciated this person in the past. Yeah. I think that what they said right there is completely not representative <laughs> of good. You could. X, Y, or Z, you know, fill in the blank right there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I think too as well, like, I think what we've seen in the last couple years is people rallying around certain central figures within, let's be honest, like, John MacArthur is, if he doesn't like it, he's still part of the evangelical world. And yeah, he's still, yeah, he is. <laughs> and, he's, and he's still an evangelical leader. No, I mean, I mean, he's, he's, let's be fair, he's the top 5%, though, right? I mean, <laughs> Josh, Josh and I were debating about calling us the 95% now. I should have opened with it. Doggone it, dude. I had a five pack of cigars on that bed, oh, didn't I? Oh, yeah, you did. No. So you missed out, Joshy. Um, Doggone it, dude. I was going to do it, too. Shoot. In any case, oh, so, well. I mean,. <laughs> You put yourself on a fresca can. That's that's as evangelical as you're gonna get right there. <laughs> <laughs> See, and, and look, you know you know what's so funny is that like that's not even the thing I'm frustrated at. Like yeah. I think it's weird and cringy and honestly kinda of, <laughs> if I'm gonna be if I can date if I can not date myself, but like that was like one of the biggest okay boomer moments ever. Yeah. It's like, okay, the dude likes Fresca. Yeah. So you put his face on a can. Okay, can. whatever. Sure. Fine. Like, I don't I don't care. It's weird. I think it's weird and kind of hokey. But like that wasn't the thing that I was that I was frustrated at. You know, because yeah. it's just like, yeah, look, he, your pastor likes Fresca, so you get him a like I would do that to one of my pastors. Probably wouldn't spend I guarantee you they spent a crap ton of money on that. That I might have a little bit more of an issue with than the actual the actual thing is how yeah. much money did you spend on putting MacArthur's face on a Fresca can? Because and did Fresca I, sign off on this? That's what I want to know too. Are they sponsoring? Yeah, <laughs> that's the crazy thing because uh, other people were talking about this on some other podcasts, and they were talking about. I mean, one, I'm pretty sure that was a Peter Voff. Um, it it, lo- it looks sketched Voth. art. Yeah. We all know that he's pricey. Let's oh, let's yeah. not beat around the bush on that one. And then on top of it, you put it on a Fresca can. 
okay, you're going to have to attain some sort of packaging deal with them in <laughs> order to produce 500 to 1,000 cans of lemon fresca here, people. So. Seriously, dude. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that not was... The, not the was... greatest use of your money, grace to you. In, in my opinion, <laughs> not. No, no. I Like I said, I'd have more of an issue with that than the actual the actual thing. Like, I think mm-hmm. putting his face on whatever, that's fine. I don't care. Uh, but, Jack, let's... Let's bring this into the kind of the realm where you and I sit and where we make camp, and that's the local church, right? Because I think there's a reason Jack and I wanted to talk about hero worship, and that's just because I think that one of the places in evangelicalism, in reformedom specifically, Mm -hmm. where you see the greatest detriment and damage done from hero worship and just kind of that mentality that a lot of us have is in the local church. Yeah. Because what ends up happening... And it's very insidious. I think it's important for people to understand that this this problem is so insidious that it can it can creep in without you even knowing or realizing it's happening, and that your your loyalties, your ear, yeah. your emotions, uh, your energy will be so focused on these conference speakers or these authors, or these podcasters, right? Because they say so much that you agree with, that you tend, without sometimes even realizing it, you're going to these individuals for guidance, wisdom, information, uh, before you go to your own pastor's. Mm-hmm. And you, the loyalties that you have, and I, and I don't even really like that word loyalty because it brings up so many, so much negative confrontations. Like, like what I mean by that is the people that you go to first. Like these yeah. are my guys. You, you know what I'm saying? I would say like yeah. your doctrinal preferences, maybe. Sure. How about there you that? go. There you go. Yeah. 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 That's fine. You're you are you are you are defaulting. It's like well, I mean, this is what MacArthur says. Or, you know, this is what James White says, you know, or or this is what, you know, I don't know, John Piper says, right? This is what Steve Lawson says. And you're defaulting to the positions of these men who are not your pastors, who mm-hmm. you've never had a actual real relational moment with, yeah. that have never once counseled you personally, that have never once invested personally in your life, that have never once sat at your kitchen table and gave you counsel, encouragement, or conviction, that have never once uh, administered the sacraments to you or have been part of your life in the Lord's day, they haven't done any of those things. Yeah. But the men that have, your local church pastors that are faithfully serving you in ways that you don't even see every week. Those are the guys that get the short end of the stick because Mm -hmm. they don't have the books. They don't have the reach. They don't have the popularity. They don't have their face on a Fresca can. (laughs) Yeah. Right? And that's where I start to become very, very concerned when I see the the vitriol of, of these camps and the way that people will defend the living daylights out of these men, sinful, fallen men who are wrong on so many things, 
because we're fallen. It's going to happen, mm-hmm. right? The first people, the first thing to feel that, feel those consequences is your local church. Because now you have more of a doctrinal preference toward what these men have written in their books versus I wonder what these past what my pastors say. And you and and we forget like those pastors have been sovereignly placed in your life by the Almighty to minister yeah. to you specifically. Yeah. John MacArthur isn't doing that. Mm-hmm. Sinclair Ferguson isn't doing that. It's not that we can't be encouraged by the things that they write or the things that sure. we say, sure. Sure. But it's not the same. And we need to realize it's not the same. MacArthur, unless you are going to Grace Community Church in California, John MacArthur is not your pastor. Yeah. And we need to stop <laughs> viewing him as America's pastor when and I think that might be another thing Lawson said that <laughs> It's like, good Man. gracious, like America doesn't have a pastor. America America has no pastor. America needs no pastor. <laughs> go go full Boromir on that. Anyway, Jack, yeah. am I am I off on that? Like I really feel like it's the local church that gets the short end of the stick. Sure. And I and I think what we're going back to and what I go back to as well too is you know, as much as we can rail on prosperity gospel tactics and the things that we talk about, the prosperity gospel, at the end of the day, we're being hypocritical by repeating those same tactics that they do. We're repeating those if we say that John MacArthur is a super apostle, if we say that he has the status of the apostle. Now, I know that people don't want to do that and don't want to put put him on the same pedestal as that, but we're acting like that. Mm, Yeah. We're giving the appearance of that a lot of the times. And I just don't want us to fall into that trap because, I mean, let's be honest about this. We have epistle written on epistle about the same stuff that went on. Mm -hmm. We have 1 Corinthians that talks about, um, hey, are you of Apollos? Are you of Paul? Are you of Jesus? Are we going to fall into that trap or are we going to fall into the trap of, well, in order for you to be an actual senior varsity Christian, you have to be on this team. Mm-hmm. Like what the Galatians were getting sucked into with the Judaizers. Okay. Sure, sure. So, I mean, pick your flavor. We could fall into any kind of trap because we're prone to that. We just right. are. Like our nature is going to drive us towards some kind of tribalism, towards some kind of let's split this difference and start dividing. Yeah. And because it's a warning too, like literally, <laughs> Paul says time and time again in in the epistle to the Galatians, like you will divide and bite and eat each other mm-hmm. because you are not loving your neighbor, your fellow Christian as yourself, because you are not looking at the law in the right direction that the Lord Jesus died for to yeah. fulfill. So it's just stuff like that that keeps piling on. And if we don't take inventory, if we don't look at ways in which, oh, wow, and maybe this is a fear for us. I might be wrong. <laughs> or what? saying, oh, no, we're, we're, we're 69, we're 1689 Reformed Baptists. Or we, we are we are the tribe that's not wrong. That's why we're 1689. I think I think I think you got that wrong there, Jack. Sorry. I, I um, don't know. If we say if we say something along the lines of we have it all made out, these people mm-hmm. can do us no wrong, these right. guys can say no wrong, 
we're falling into a trap where we're going to slowly start drawing a circle to which we draw ourselves out of that circle because we are not going to fall into that standard of perfection anymore. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, it, it's it's going back to some some of the prosperity gospel tactics that we don't like, but we're falling into those traps. Mm-hmm. It's almost like this horseshoe effect. <laughs> On one side of yeah. it, you have you know this, but then it just whoop it it reeks back up and goes the other way. So, right. yeah, and look, it's important to say as because I think I think we're almost out of time. We probably got to wrap up here, but look, what what we are not saying is that you cannot be thankful for and utilize the faithful work of famous men and women in the faith. Right, we're not saying that. Look. I everyone knows how much of a fan I am of Papa Sproul and Spurgeon, right? Yep. All right. I I love those guys, and I'm extremely mm-hmm. thankful to the Lord for the work that they have that they've contributed, the way that they've contributed to the to the Christian faith, and the way that the Lord has used them to minister to me personally, right? But I am yeah. under no I'm under I'm under no delusion that those men are my pastors or that those men were somehow uh, right in everything, right? Yeah. And I know that's easy to say, right? And I think everyone listening to this would be like, well, yeah, of course. I don't think MacArthur's right on everything. Okay, sure. I understand that it's easy to say. But (laughs) what I'm saying is it's very, it's a much different, different scenario when it's actually time to live it out mm-hmm. and the amount of defense that i see toward a man is concerning yeah right we need to be okay with calling a spade a spade calling something wrong and and not let our first response to be to justify and to defend because look like that's not that's not what we're here to do right if the individual is right the Lord will be their defense. The Lord is the Lord of vengeance. Vengeance isn't something that we that we take up, right? So it's not that you can't enjoy and be thankful for these, but understand that these men are not your pastors. And that if we allow it to, and like I said, it's insidious how easy this happens, they will distract you from the care and thankfulness and i keep wanting to use the word loyalty there is a sense of loyalty sure i have a sense of loyalty to my pastors i'm fine with using that term they are my pastors they are the ones that god has put into my life and i ride or die with my pastors obviously as long as they are in accordance with the word of god for sure that's our standard for everything but i'm going to choose my pastors over any celebrity big shot preacher or conference speaker that's out there because they're mine yeah. And at the end of the day, John MacArthur is not the one that's counseling me. He's not the one that's caring for my soul. He's not the one that understands where I am at in my life and will specifically care for me in the ways that I need. He's not going to do it. Yeah. Neither is Sproul. Neither is Spurgeon, as much as I love those guys. But my pastors will. Yeah. And I'm going to ride or die with them. Yeah. And we need more of that in our local churches. And we need less hero worship and celebrity worship because it's just killing us. Yeah. Right. It, it honestly is. And social media doesn't help because you have all these little camps and it's literally just like <laughs> middle school all over again where you have the really cool popular kid and all of the all of the like all of the 
the all the followers that, that that follow the one cool kid and he does something they're like oh yeah bro bro that was awesome bro oh oh man this bro right and he'll say something wrong or he'll pick on somebody and they'll be like oh bro you really got him bro and i'm just like <laughs> it kills me dude because there's so much of that in the reformed camp and yeah. it is so cringeworthy so middle school and so gross and yeah. if we focused more on our local churches and had had just as much zeal and passion for supporting and caring for our pastors and our deacons and our our ministry leaders, our small group leaders, our, our members, dude, like we wouldn't have time to be like, bro, bro, bro on Twitter. It just it just it's so cringy. And it just it makes my skin crawl because I'm like, this is gross. Sure. And the local church focus, dude, like I truly believe that is going to be one of the main remedies mm-hmm. to this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. we we really need it, man. And yeah. that's less hero worship, more local church loyalty. That's that that's really that's really what we need. Yeah. Yeah. I think Big Eva has sung, sir. Has she? Yes. Yeah, I think so. Is her face on a fresca? <laughs> I mean, is she part of the ninety-five percent? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we appreciate you guys listening. Jack, my friend, why don't you get us out of here? Ladies and gentlemen, if you appreciate about ways in which we can challenge ourselves, be local to our churches, and loyal to our local churches, for that fact, and be people who are centered and centering our lives around our local church, yep. you can continu- continue this conversation that we're having over on the sociables, if you will. Um, the Facebook, the Metaverse, the Zuck site. I don't know if they're backed by that Silicon Valley bank, but boy, I would be sweating right now if my money was in that joint. <laughs> yeah, I heard um, something about that. <laughs> um, or you could go over to the Facebook, which is, or the Instagram there which is go. Facebook, Facebook um, minor, if you will. More pictures, less comments, if you will. Yeah. Um, goes well with marshmallow and chocolate. And then you can go over to the Twitter, the tweaker, the, the little tweaker. Site. The middle school. The you thorn. Can head over to, you can head over to middle school. Yeah. <laughs> the, th- the thorn in everybody's side these days. <laughs> That's right, dude. You it can, is the middle school locker room. You yeah. can follow us all at those uh, sociable sites at the tag at Reformatory Pod. And Josh, you can tell the lovely people how they might join in further on our conversation or support us more. Jack, this is exciting. Mm-hmm. Do you know why I'm excited? A little bit, yes, sir. Yes, this is why. Because we have officially launched. The Podluck. Mm. Is that is that the cringiest name? <laughs> yeah, it is. But you know what? We love it. <laughs> what is the Podluck, you ask? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let me tell you about it. The Podluck is an exclusive access content for our listeners who go beyond and above. Above and beyond. Just listening to the Reformatory on Thursdays. They want more. They want bonus episodes. They want access to an exclusive smoke session with the Reformatory. They want access to live streams. They want their episodes delivered to them on a silver platter days before everyone else. They want 
more reformatory. That's what they want. And they can get it. And if you are one of those people, you can get it. And it's very simple. You head on over to patreon.com slash the reformatory. And you click on the $5 holla. And if you give us a $5 holla for $5 a month, people, this is, this is, the, this is less than a Starbucks drink. Less than a Starbucks drink. Especially the Starbucks drink that one of my friends at church brought me last Sunday, which was the six shot macchiato. We'll talk about we'll be talking about that in a bonus app. But you can only hear about that story if you are a Patreon supporter of the Reformatory. If you are coming to the Podluck, give us a five dollar holla over on Patreon right now, and you will have bonus episodes and this episode will be delivered to you early you're going to get live streams we're talking smoke session it's going to be amazing and it's only five dollars a month that's all it is so that is a massive and primary way that you can support the reformatory head on over to patreon give us that five dollar holla we would really really appreciate it if you do our promise and pledge to you as always is that your name shall be hallowed. Hallowed, sir. Hallowed. Hallowed through the halls of this podcast. Last but not least, you can head, if you're on Apple, give us a like and review. Give us a little five-star rating. Write us a little paragraph. We would appreciate it. We appreciate hearing what you guys like about the podcast and helps get the podcast out to more people. We thank you all for listening, and we will catch you on the next step of the Reformatory.